Hello, welcome into the Daily Blues podcast on 101ESPN.com for Monday, December 2nd, 2019. Dan Betlock with you. Glad you're along with us. Blues Blackhawks tonight from the United Center. We'll get you squared away with that. We'll hear from Chris Kerber and Luke Korak. The Blues on a three-game winning streak, sitting atop the Central Division. Play some good hockey right now, especially when you consider all the injuries they've had. Good to see the fourth line get going again for the St. Louis Blues. We all know when they can roll four lines and that fourth line's going, they are a very hard team to stop because when the uh, top couple of lines, the top two lines, like the O'Reilly line, the Shen line, they tend to sometimes cancel each other out with the other team's top lines. It's imperative that you get scoring from the third and fourth lines, and the Blues got that the other night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's hear how that happened. Good check by Perron to get it back for the Blues. They get it to O'Reilly. Now to Shen, and his shot hit the far post. Back to Perron as the Blues recover. On the power play to the blue line. No score in the game. Petrangelo shot. Rebound for Shen. Saved by Murray. And the puck back to O'Reilly. To Petrangelo. One timer on. Another rebound for Shen. Another save for Murray. That might be a season high. Here's O'Reilly. Stick handling it free. And now Falk will shoot. He scores! Justin His first is a St. Louis Blue. And that'll feel like a big old grand piano coming off of the back of Justin Falk if that's his goal. Well, you know what, Curbs? I'm looking down at Zach Sanford, and, and based off his body language, I think this is going to be Justin Falk's goal. I don't even know if it tips off anyone. I think he just hits Matt Murray's blocker and goes straight in. Blues get the puck in on Star on side. Comes around to the near side. Power center. Cut through the middle by the ship. Malkin will go to clear. Skate into the blue zone. Passes to Simon to Gensel. With Malkin there, they chop it wide of the net. In behind the goal, comes to Malkin. With the center, deflected on pad save Bennington. Reaching for the puck and putting it right back on was Dominic Simon. And another lunging save by the Blues, number 50. Gensel, top of the far circle, deflected on. What a blocker save made by Bennington. He lost his stick. It's pushed back to him by Petrangelo. The Blues clear it out. Only goal of the game. Penguins bring it in. Shoot and score. What a move by Sam Lafferty. He juked the entire Blues defense and then pulled Bennington off the line and tucked it in. What an amazing goal. We're tied 1-1. Terrific individual effort. The Blues get the puck from Schwartz. They shoot. They score. Slaps that one five, hole it in. And the Blues take a two to one lead with 5.59 to go here in period number two. The assist to Schwartz on the Walker goal. Well, how about that from down under, Curbs? What a goal here for Nathan Walker. He was so bummed last night. He missed the opportunity after going onside. And Nathan Walker, quick transition. A puck's moved up to Jaden Schwartz. He's going to fish it over to him. This pass, this pass from Jaden Schwartz, it's bobbled. This thing will not settle down right in front of Jack Johnson. And you're going to see Nathan Walker. He's going to channel his inner Sidney Crosby and bat this thing right out of midair. Blues chip it in. Brower to the goal and a shot on. Murray the save as it's centered to De La Rose. Recovered by McEachern to Bowmeister. The Blues can't clear. Pedersen holds it in. Whips on the shot. And the Blues come to center. Thomas on the rush. Into the Pittsburgh zone. It's the trailer. Barbashev shoots. He scores! Ivan Barbashev 
gives the Blues a three to one lead. 17.06 to go here in period number three. Well, you're going to see Lafferty for the Pittsburgh Penguins in the offensive zone. He's going to lose his stick. So the St. Louis Blues have numbers. The five on four, they get it. Is again, quick transition, just like the Nathan Walker goal. Up it goes. Robert Thomas to the outside. The key to this whole play. You're going to see Tyler Bozak. He's going to drive right through the middle, and he's going to knock Simone off. That creates a little bit of a lane right behind Tyler Bozak, and here comes Barbashev. Good pass, a terrific shot just under the bar for Ivan Barbashev, and he is red hot. He absolutely is. He gets his fourth goal of the season now. And so remember that number, and the Blues glance it into the middle. Brower to De La Rose, the center, the score! McKenzie McEachern. Taking a 4-1 lead, 12.51 to go here in the third period. And Krispy Kreme donuts might be a little cheaper tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's the night of the first. How about that? Nathan Walker, Justin Falk on the board for the first goal and Della Rose, and he deserves it. He's earned it. He's been terrific over these last two and a half games for the Blues. Understanding his role now. How about that pass set up by Troy Brower again a net drive pushes the defenseman back and Della Rose is going to the net. He sees McEachern on the back door. He puts it through two Penguins players. That's some finesse right there as McKenzie McEachern on the little two foot tap inside up to the blue line. Latang's going to wire it and somehow it goes in. Gensel was in front. He might have deflected it. It changed direction on Bennington and the Penguins have Made it a two-goal game. It's four to two. Bud Light happy hour in the Bud Light fourth period. Blues get the puck over the line to David Perron. Down low to Schwartz. He shoots. He scores. Jaden Schwartz found himself alone in front. He made a move to get Murray to drop, and then he lifts it over him for a power play goal. And the Blues have put a handful on the Penguins. They lead five to two. Well, this is why you have veterans on the power play. This is why David Perron and Jaden Schwartz, players that have been around a long time, they have good hockey instincts and they understand the game. Right there, it's a contested puck in the near side corner. The Pittsburgh Penguins get three guys on it. And you're going to see John Marino. He's the defenseman who's supposed to stay in front. He frees himself up and goes in for the battle. Jaden Schwartz sees that, goes right to the middle. And as David Perron gets it at the point, he recognizes the blue jersey all alone in front of Matt Murray. And it's coming back out to center. McEachern's going to push it in. Behind the net, the 228s. Pedersen for the Penguins, McEachern for the Blues. Pittsburgh has it. It's dropped to Jack Johnson. And the Blues and Penguins will do it again Wednesday night in Pittsburgh. Three seconds to go. That'll do it. You can bring out the Zamboni. Blues beat the Penguins by a score of 5-2. to two. Blandisi chirps with Pareko. And then McEachern's going to come over and get at Blandisi. The Blues get the victory, and the stage is set for a rematch Wednesday night in Steeltown. What a game. The St. Louis Blues defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 5-2. They're now on a three-game winning streak. Goals in the game from Falk, Walker, Barbashev, McEachern, and a power play goal by Schwartz. Justin Falk and Nathan Walker scoring their first goal as a Blue. Jacob De La Rose assisting on the McEachern goal, getting his first point as a Blue. And the Blues are now 17-5-6 on the season. They're 40 points in 28 games as the Blues atop the Central Division and the Western Conference as they'll head to Chicago and take on the Blackhawks on Monday. And, Joe, 
Another terrific game for the St. Louis Blues. It just keeps rolling. It just keeps rolling. I mean, uh, the synchronization of this group, the chemistry, the confidence, the swagger that they're just carrying from game to game. It started in Dallas. It started from that whole road trip the Blues just went off of in St. Louis. It just continued. You're getting production from young guys, young, energetic guys like Nathan Walker. Justin Falk finally gets on the board. Jordan Bennington, as we've seen all year long, makes a bunch of saves early in that game to keep the team within distance. Special teams was great as the power play capitalized in that third period. There was no feeling out process. This team is humming along. A quick little reset and they were facing the Blackhawks for the first time. That'll be a good one. Blackhawks and Blues on Monday here on the Blues Radio Network. For Joe Vitale, I'm Chris Kerber on the St. Louis Blues Radio Network. The St. Louis Blues defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 5-2. to two. They're now on a three-game winning streak. Goals in the game from Falk, Walker, Barbashev, McEachern, and a power play goal by Schwartz. Justin Falk and Nathan Walker scoring their first goal as a blue. Jacob De La Rose assisting on the McEachern goal, getting his first point as a blue. And the Blues are now 17-5-6 on the season. They're 40 points in 28 games. Has the Blues atop the Central Division and the Western Conference as they'll head to Chicago and take on the Blackhawks on Monday. And Joe... Another terrific game for the St. Louis Blues. It just keeps rolling. It just keeps rolling. I mean, uh, the synchronization of this group, the chemistry, the confidence, the swagger that they're just carrying from game to game. It started in Dallas. It started from that whole road trip the Blues just went off of in St. Louis. It just continued. You're getting production from young guys, young, energetic guys like Nathan Walker. Justin Falk finally gets on the board. Jordan Bennington, as we've seen all year long, makes a – bunch of saves early in that game to keep the team within distance. Special teams was great as the power play capitalized in that third period. There was no feeling out process. This team is humming along. A quick little reset and they were facing the Blackhawks for the first time. That'll be a good one. Blackhawks and Blues on Monday here on the Blues Radio Network. For Joe Vitale, I'm Chris Kerber on the St. Louis Blues Radio Network. An absolute great game for the Blues. Depth on display as you heard with Kerbs and Joey in the recap there. As they head into tonight's game against the Blackhawks. Jacob De La Rose probably playing his best game as a Blue, centering that fourth line. Blues eventually moved Nathan Walker up to the top line, so a lot of interchangeable parts right now for Craig Berube, and these mid-game adjustments he's been making have been working out. All right, let's hear Chris Kerber, who was on with Bernie Miklas, talk about the victory on Saturday and moving forward against the Blackhawks tonight. Here's Kerbs with Bernie. Three in a row, Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. How you doing, pal? Bernie, I'm doing great. I'll tell you what, if, if the Blues had come home from that road trip and – had gone fifty percent on their points, so so they earned three out of six points. I think everybody, I think everybody, even diehard Blues fans would have gone. You know what? That's okay. I can understand why that would happen. And yet they come back earning five of six. And you know, just even talking to just obviously the guys we travel with, you're sitting there going, "Man, this is this is really kind of impressive what they're doing here." And we're enjoying the ride too. Like like this team just has this focus this attitude, this calm about them that says, okay, bring it on. And, and it's what they're doing really is somewhat mind-blowing, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, when you're pulling up three guys from the minor leagues and they're all finding a way to impact your lineup on a given night, uh, it just it, it blows my mind a little bit. It, it is. It's it's incredible. And I don't, I don't think we're guilty here of, of, of overly hyping this at all because we, nope. know, we know it's tough for Stanley Cup champions. And then – then you start knocking guys down out of the lineup like they're bowling pins, Tarasenko, Steen, Blay, Oscar Sundquist. And so it would be impressive even if they were fully healthy. But yet to have some really key guys missing and continuing to do this, 
like I said, I have nothing but immense respect for for the way they're handling all of this, and it's a credit to all of them. So I, I think it's it's really been uh, inspirational to watch this. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and put it into perspective with with some other teams really around the league, kind of where you're at. All right, now the Blues have played two more games in Colorado, but they've got a six point lead on them. The difference between Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, to be honest with you, and the Blues is the Blues have been able to get those extra games into overtime. You know, but but the Blues find themselves sitting an amazing twelve points up on the Nashville Predators. Right? I mean, the Colorado Avalanche they've won three games in a row, like the Blues have won. Colorado's won seven of their last ten games. There's six points behind the Blues. The Blues and the Edmonton Oilers have been jockeying for the last two weeks for the top spot in the Western Conference. Edmonton has actually played one more game than the Blues have had. They've had a healthy Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who are just unbelievable to watch this year. And when you're talking guys approaching 50 points, uh, just 30 games in, that's 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 crazy fun to watch. And and the Blues are up on them, but they're only up on them by three points. And then go the other way, Bernie. If you look at the Eastern Conference. There's Washington with 43 points. There's Boston with 43 points. The New York Islanders have played fewer games than anybody, and they've got 36. Like They're needing to play this level of hockey just to keep pace, and yet we're saying that this is an impressive level of hockey. That's another thing that just makes you scratch your head and say, wow. It, one, one thing, we talk about the organizational depth, and it's an obvious strength, a huge attribute. And I'm, I want to revisit that in a moment with you, the, 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 a secondary layer to that. But I was talking about this earlier. Look, we, we know that Jordan Bennington's the goaltender. We know that he's hit his stride. We know that you can count on him, and there was nothing flukish about what he did last year. I got to say, though, Jake Allen, uh, I, I don't see how anybody could ask for a better pairing than to have Bennington and Allen. Allen has been pretty much terrific every time he's played. Uh, when he's called on, and he doesn't get a lot of action. But, man, you look at his high-danger save percentage, one of the best in the league. I mean, he's really been great, and the, that's I think that's one of the reasons why, obviously, they've been able to overcome a lot of this adversity because they're keeping the puck out of the net. Well, so going into that last game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the combined goals against average and save percentage for Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington in the month of November – the goals against average was second in the league, I believe it was, and a safe percentage was fourth, or, or vice versa. I don't have my book open in front of me at the moment. Ironically, you allowed two goals to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that went up. So, so right now they're both fifth. All right, But it tells you where it has to be. And Craig Berube's line when he met the media before that game in Pittsburgh was just fantastic. He was asked about the goaltending. He was asked about Jake Allen. And just very matter-of-factly, he goes, yeah, they've – They've been good. He goes, but they have to be. Your goalies have to be good these days in the National Hockey League. And Jake Allen has been superb, undefeated in regulation on the road. Uh, he's had wins over Edmonton. He's had wins over Dallas on the road. I mean, we're not talking cupcake teams here that he's been able to beat on the road. And both of those games that I just mentioned, if he's not outstanding, the Blues don't win those games. Jake has been great. And then you have to throw the one other aspect in it, Bernie. And that is the fact that the Blues have both these goaltenders under contract for this year and next year for under $9 million cap hit. Uh, it's an impressive situation to find themselves in. And I hadn't even thought about that. That's a great thing to add to that discussion. Yeah, I, that's uh, the Blues are in a really, really good spot in that position. All right, I want to get back to the fact that 
you know, a Nathan Walker can come up and contribute, and Troy Brower will, and Jacob DeLaRose has been okay. Clem Costin came up and did a, did a, did a number. Um, you know, it's, it's whoever next man up, it's a cliche, but it's true. I, I was struck by reading a lot of this stuff after Saturday's game uh, when I woke up yesterday morning about players, including Walker, talking about the culture of the team makes it easy for guys to come up and contribute right away because there's no games, there's no mind games, head games, there's no cast system, everyone's treated well. You're around that team every day. If you could elaborate on that or shed some insight on that, how much does the Blues team culture have to do with this uh, ability to plug in guys and get results from them? Uh, I think it's massive. Uh, And I think, in all fairness, I think you have to go back to Ken Hitchcock as head coach and what he instilled in this team with the core group of Oshie and Backus and those guys. And those guys deserve some credit for it. While they were not part of the Stanley Cup winning team, they were part of building a culture that led to a Stanley Cup championship. Now you shift over to the current core of players who took over from that group that I just mentioned, and then they finally win the championship. Well, Al McKinnison, I think I told you this once, he told me on the plane coming home from Boston after Game 7 that, the, the one thing, though, that you'll see next year with this team is the confidence of a winner, and he's 100% right on that, and you've seen that. I talked to Jacob De La Rose after about day three with the team about adjusting systems, how different it was in Detroit, that kind of stuff, and he said exactly what you said. He goes, let's face it, this is a real easy group to come into. They know how to win. All you have to do is do your job, and, and it will go well. You don't have to worry about anything other than that. To the depth aspect of it that you started with, I'll take you back to something that Doug Armstrong said a long time ago that has stuck with me. He had just taken over as general manager in 2010, or kind of acting general manager, and then that summer really took over. He made a trade. One of the earliest trades that he made in his career was he traded a draft, well, a prospect, an Aaron Pelushai, who's really did did nothing in the National Hockey League. And he traded him for Matt D'Agostini. I don't know if Blues fans remember Matt D'Agostini, but he, you know, Matt ended up playing a, you know a pretty solid number of games for the Blues and played well in that 2010 to 2000 you know 13 range. When he made that trade, he said what he told me was he goes, "It's advancing the process. We can wait for Aaron Pelushai to develop, but we can make ourselves better now by getting a guy that's got some more experience that can move us ahead quicker." And, and that's what he's done. He's always found NHL depth-ready guys. And so when he's able to sign a Derek Pouliot, who, who you know has, has played 71 games last year, 82 games a year before, and this guy is now in the American Hockey League, and he's able to go out and get a guy like Nathan Walker, who's on the cusp of becoming an NHLer, but you know right there and had done so, he played a few games with the Washington Capitals. Things along those kind of lines, go out and get a Troy Brower like he did. You have NHL-ready guys. And that's why when you have three, four injuries, you're able to bring it up and rather than rely completely on rookies, Bernie. And and it's a huge philosophical aspect from Doug Armstrong that I think is one of the key reasons that this team finds success in the regular season. You're in and you're out. Well said. Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN. Justin Falk got off the schneid, scored his first goal the other night. Do you think that'll do something for him confidence-wise, psychologically, you name it? You know what I'm talking about. Is that going to help him? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I, I, I walked up to him. We, we got off the plane here in Chicago yesterday, and we were waiting for our bags to come off, and I walked up to him, and I said, hey, that must have felt good yesterday. And he 
Okay, now keep in mind, you got a veteran player here that's played a lot in the National Hockey League, and he also is armed with a seven-year contract, eight-year contract, right, whatever it is. And he says, <laughs> he just had this look on his face. He goes, ah, he goes, everybody's going to go in slumps every once in a while. And I looked at him, and I go, you're telling me that that didn't feel pretty good to get your first out of way with the team after a trade like that? He goes, yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> so, uh, there's... You know, yes, I do think psychologically it's it'll be helpful for him to have gotten that one out of the way. But just like we were just talking about with some of these other veteran guys, there really is just a calm presence with him. You know, keep this in mind, Bernie. You know, Craig Maruby has been playing him 20 minutes a game. I mean, he has been out there solidly adjusting. And, and we've talked about the adjustments, some slight difference in the systems uh, between – Carolina and St. Louis, that, that does take some time. But Craig Berube hasn't wavered and still plays him 20 to 21 minutes a game. Uh, but, yeah, he, he said, he, he said nah, don't worry about it. Slumps happen to everybody. So I think he'll be all right. Curbs, tonight uh, the Blues are in Chicago where you are, of course. Uh, the Blackhawks, 10, 10, 11, and 5. They're at the bottom of the Central. Uh, I'm looking at their record real quick. One, one of the losses was a shootout loss, but they've only won – uh, one of their last, what, one, two, three, four, five, one of their last six games. Uh, a little bit of a trap game, but I'm sure that uh, the rivalry aspect of this will uh, pretty much serve to prevent the Blues from overlooking the Blackhawks. Oh, I, I think so. I, I don't think this Blues team is, is going to overlook anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, Ch- Chicago's been a little bit streaky as they try to find their way under Jeremy Colleton, their head coach that took over for Quenville last season. Um, they, they, they've obviously they still have some world class players. D- uh, Duncan Keith may not be in the lineup tonight. Uh, he, he didn't finish. Uh, I think the game was a Friday night uh, with a potential groin injury. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. You know the NHL schedule. I, I, I don't know how somebody doesn't look at some of this stuff and say, "Hang on a minute, we, we've got to." Re-. They had a home and home back to back with Colorado, so they played here on Friday night against Colorado, and then they had to fly to Denver and play in Denver on Saturday night. That, that's a that's a hard, hard back-to-back when you consider the flight to Colorado, the time zone change, and then you know even just a long ride to the to the hotel from the airport. And uh, Colorado got the best of them in both of them. So I, 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 I don't think the Blues are going to take them lightly. You still have to contend with Kane. You still have to contend with Taves. Uh, and you know if they go with Crawford, he's had a solid start to the year. You know so. It'll be a good one. I love the rivalry aspect of it, and so uh, hopefully we see a little nastiness mixed into this as well. All right, moving on with more Blues coverage. Let's move to the next show on 101 ESPN. Following the Bernie Mickler Show is the Stalter and Rivers Show from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Bernie's on from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Jamie Rivers was out today, but it was Anthony Stalter and Michelle Smallman holding down the fort, and they talked to Lou Korak of NHLNetwork.com. Of course, they started with the depth. You figure in how much depth now is being utilized by this Blues team. Are you surprised even with how well they've done recently? I am to a certain degree just because of the magnitude of the players that are out. I mean, you know, you're talking guys that are in your top nine and guys that play significant roles. And I don't want to say that, you know, any of the others have diminished roles when you're talking about fourth line guys because they obviously have important roles on this team too. But, you know, when you're taking out your – Leading goal scorer, your go-to guy, you know, one of your one of your big blue guys, uh, penalty kill wise and seen, and you know, one of the up and comers. The way he's been playing, and a Sammy Blay, that's you know another one, and the way Oscar Sundquist has been playing, that's that's an important guy in this lineup too. I mean, guys that really get significant roles here, and when you're taking all of that out of your lineup, and you know, you're talking all forwards here, that's 
that's a lot to miss. And but as I wrote about it the other day, I mean, they just find a way to plug and play, and I, I think it's truly been remarkable. And you know, the way they've been able to win games, you're bagging these points now, which is going to matter down the line because you know you got to think in the long run that uh, sooner or later that something like this may catch up to you, but. Uh, you know, they're certainly showing nowhere for it right now. Uh, you know, all comers are coming their way, and they seem to find a way to get it done. And the schedule's not any easier because they're getting ready to play their eighth game in 14 days tonight. And when you finish it off Wednesday in Pittsburgh, you know, it'll be nine and 16 days, which is pretty demanding. So, no, I, I am a bit surprised, but there's a part of me that really isn't because this is just what this team does. And you can draw back to last year. Look at the way they did what they did last year. And, it's, you know, it seems like it's happening all over again here. Yeah, Lou, I want to follow up on that. I think one of the questions heading into the season was, hey, this Blues team, they were unbelievably resilient during the playoffs, but was that just a special run and a special mentality? But I think the way that they're thriving in spite of all of these injuries proves that it wasn't a fluke and that Craig Berube, Doug Armstrong, Tom Stillman have finally established a really strong and permeating culture and identity with this Blues team. Oh, 100%, Michelle. And, uh, you know, you got a chance to talk to a number of those guys that played Saturday, like the Nathan Walkers, and, you know, I even asked Justin Falk the same thing. What are you seeing that's enabling you guys to be able to plug and play some of these guys and don't seem to miss a beat? And, you know, it, it keeps coming back to the fact that uh, this is a close-knit group. And I know there's been some talk out there, uh, and, and fans have heard to a, to a level of degree that, you know, at times when things weren't going well that, you know, you're looking at a split locker room and that's just not the case. And uh, these guys all play for one another. They don't diminish anybody that comes in. Anybody new that comes into this lineup, uh, you even see the veteran guys, they'll pull them off to the side. They'll talk to them. They're, they're open to them. They, they allow them to ask questions. They bring these guys in and, and and make it known right away that, Hey, you're here for a reason, and, and there's a reason why we need you. And and from a player's perspective, somebody that's coming in new, especially guys that are coming into a Stanley Cup team, that's important. And I, I think that starts from the top. And uh, they've kind of had this us-against-the-world mentality since last year, and you know, not many people gave them a chance to go into Boston Garden or uh, TD Garden, I'm sorry, and, and win a Game 7. And they had that us-against-the-world mentality again and were able to – persevere and thrive and I think you're seeing the same things all over again here and you have to give credit where credit's due and like you said it starts from the top and it filters right down throughout the lineup and uh, you know that that team unity seems to be really bonding this team right now and it's paying off in a big way. Lou Korak is our guest here on Stalter and Rivers on 101 ESPN you can follow Lou on Twitter at LKorak10 and make sure you check all his great work at NHL.com. Lou with all the injuries down uh, with all the injured players that the Blues are dealing with, do you have a sense at all about the direction that Craig Ruby is taking with this club? Do you, do, you, do you feel like they're emphasizing maybe more puck control, maybe more defense, any aspect of that that you can provide for us? Because it's interesting with all these players out, it's kind of hard to have uh, an identity right now. No, you know what, Anthony? I don't think they're deviating away from anything that they've done in the past, whether they have – Guy, you know, they're, they're full uh, load of players or not. Uh, they, like you said, they want to be a puck possession team for sure. They want to play physical. 
They want to be able to play in the offensive zone, and uh, I don't think that's deviated away from anything that they've been in the past. And uh, that's that's what's been able to enable some of these guys to jump right in. And I even asked Craig Berube that a couple of nights ago. Do you feel like your system is you know simplified enough where these guys can just jump right in and they don't seem to miss a beat? And I think it goes back to the way they have these guys playing in San Antonio, too. I think that really helps out. It's a similar type of system that uh, the Walkers and when they brought Pouliot up here for a couple of games here, and now they've got Pogansky up here. Uh, I don't think it's any different than what they have saw in the past. So it allows these guys to kind of jump in and not miss a beat. And I think that's really important because uh, with the style of play that these guys have to play, and especially when you're going up against a team that's got – speed and you've seen that uh, in a number of these lineups that they've played uh, they have to play their way because they don't want to get into a track meet against some of these teams and when they do you see what the results usually are so when they're able to impose their will and when they're whenever they're able to control the puck the way they do and the way they've done in the past couple of games uh, it, it, it's a pretty hard system to beat. Lou, one guy that I always kind of look at is Justin Falk. You talk about how close this group is and the run that they went on together and the bond that they have. And here's a guy, even though he's an established veteran, that's coming into that. So when he got his first goal wearing the blue note, I was really pumped for him. And I thought, you know, that had to be something that might have been weighing on him a little bit mentally. So I just wonder if getting that one out of the way might unlock it a little bit. I think so. And you saw what happened too, Michelle. I mean, when he scored... I think his teammates were more happier than he was. And he even admitted that after the game, that uh, you're not going to see too many smiles out of him or you're not going to see him get too jazzed up like that because that's just not who he is. And he's not that, he's not that sort of a guy. So he's going he's gonna to give it whatever he's got. And his teammates were really the ones that gave him the, the nod and the pump there. And I, I thought that was great because – they knew they knew that this had been weighing on him. He's a veteran guy. It, you know, you tend to squeeze your stick a bit, and uh, it, it it starts to get to you a little bit because you know, quite frankly, you know, this is the guy that had 35 points last year. He was double digits in goals, and uh, you know, you, you start to think about those things. I mean, this is game 27, 28, and he hadn't gotten one with his new team yet. So, from a mindset, you have to start thinking: Is this going to happen? And when's it going to happen? So, that's just a part of that culture that. You know, these guys are playing for one another. They're out there, and when he scored, uh, everybody congregated around him, and I think just helping him get that monkey off of his back, really a gorilla if you want to call it, uh, I think it's going to help him relax even more now because I don't, I don't think his game has been all that bad. He's really been actually good in his defensive zone. It's just the points on the offensive side have been a little hard to come by here, but I think it's going to really help out as he moves forward now. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Daily Blues podcast today. We've got Blues coverage tonight. At 6.30 on 101 ESPN with our pregame show for Blues Blackhawks tonight with Alex Ferrario. And then puck drop just after 7.30 from the United Center with Curbs and Joey. Remember, folks, go see a ball game often. Follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. Dan Betlock signing off on the Daily Blues podcast on 101ESPN.com.